0: Hello! If you are listening, then you have found this podcast on complete and total accident. But if you believe in things happening for a reason, then you are here for a reason. I am putting this into the universe to create a safe space for myself. Uh, This podcast is happening purely on the back of something that my psychologist suggested to me. She said, find your community. Find people who understand, who relate, who get it. Um, For anyone who doesn't register with this, that's okay. Uh, This may be unsuccessful, it may not be. Whatever it is or isn't, I'm mostly doing it for myself. Everything I talk about won't always be about what this first topic is today, and sometimes I will jump back and forth to this first topic. It really is an open diary and my open diary because, in the moments that I have felt most alone, I just wanted to know that I wasn't the only one. And I'm hoping that that is what this can be for someone else. So, who am I? <laughs> Hello, I am Rochelle McLeod. Now, that is Rochelle, not Rachel. I am 26, soon to be 27. And the way that I would tell my story is very much small country town girl gets bullied, has no friends, moves close to the big city and becomes a model. And that is all very true. It makes for a great hook line. Um, but there's a lot in between and missing and um, and is constantly ongoing. And we are sold the happy ending but we forget that life is constantly ongoing and we are constant work in progress. And it's not that simple, it's not that black and white. And although I would love for some Hollywood screenwriter to make it that simple for me, it's not. I am Australian, I am a curve model. I absolutely love what I do. I love being the person that I needed when I was younger. And I say it time and time again, but it's more than a pretty picture for me. It's a movement. It's a need for more body diversity and inclusivity. It's recognizing that there is health at any size. And I need to emphasize that, that bodies are supposed to look different and that beauty comes in all shapes and forms. And we are all to be celebrated and to feel beautiful. And that we shouldn't just idealise and idolise one beauty and body type. And everyone should feel beautiful and not just feel inferior or less than. It's important to me and it's something in my life that I hope to see more movement on. Um, Growing up in school, I had no friends. Uh, I have very specific memories of kids running away uh, to play somewhere else or to sit away from me. Um, I eventually, later in life, made a friend or two, and it did get a little bit easier in high school, but I was still very much outcasted and the odd one out. Um, A lot of my bullying did come down to my weight and my looks, and uh, to this day, only one person from high school has ever came forward and apologized to me. She connected with me on Facebook and called me on messenger we talked for ages and she did apologize and you know i will never be able to put into words what that moment actually meant for me that someone took the time to acknowledge what i went through and how that might have affected me um so lucy if you ever listen to this just know that you hold a special spot in my heart um Today I'm going to be talking about eating disorders and I want to give a trigger warning and you can even hear the crack in my voice when I say the word eating disorders. So that trigger warning is for myself also. Every episode won't revolve around this, although I may, as I said, jump back and forth from this time to time. Um, If this is harmful or triggering to you, please click off of this episode. If you or someone you know is struggling, I will leave resources down below I'm not going to go into full detail I won't be giving exact numbers or um, calorie amounts or exactly what I did for restriction um, or the measures that I took but I will touch on purging but again not exactly the extent or how serious it was or is. I'm going to do my best to speak about this in the least triggering way possible and just simply share my experience in the least harmful way possible. So I was diagnosed with bulimia nervosa at 18 after my dad passed away. However, I had been struggling since I was 12. Although I typically say that I was 15 because when I was 15, in my mind, quote-unquote, that's when I took it more seriously. Now it's important to note that an eating disorder is a mental illness. So like depression, BPD or other mental disorders, it is to be treated with the same love and care and support. For a long time I didn't know what was happening to me. My brain was actively telling me a constant basis of these horrible things that are wrong with me And people in my everyday life were telling me the same things that are wrong with me. And society was relaying the same message. And it was without any other way to describe it. Like this massive dark cloud that was just hovering over me. And those messages were becoming clearer and clearer over time. And that's why when you tell somebody, just think positively, see the bright side to something, it's not always that simple or that easy. It felt suffocating. So at 15, the only way I can describe it was my mind became numb. I felt robotic. I had a set workout routine and schedule that was excessive that I did daily. Again, without sharing my methods, I was having below what was a safe amount to consume and I was purging. Um, That's what I'm going to call my uh, purging method one because I do eventually take on another purging method later on in my eating disorder as it develops. Um, I lost an extreme amount of weight in one year. And I was also in a very emotionally abusive relationship. Now, I do want to speak about relationships at some point. They are a part of my journey, and there is a lot to be said in healing from relationships. And I I, I personally learned a lot from Um, my relationship and different relationships and there's a lot that I'm still currently learning about self-love that I want to share and dating so and and also dating with an eating disorder which was and still is a very unique experience so there's a lot that I want to share but again I just want to lay down the foundation in this episode. Um, So This continues for years, this destructive, painful relationship with myself. I isolated myself from everyone. Um, And I was homeschooling at the time to avoid being bullied. And I honestly, I just, I tortured myself. I slept, I woke up, studied, repeat. I thought that being smaller would make me prettier and happier And that's what everyone tells you, but nothing is or was ever good enough. And it didn't matter how much I lost or how much better everyone said I looked, I felt nothing. I was more miserable than I had ever been, and then my dad passed away. Now, this is common with eating disorders, maybe not something that people talk about often. It's not something that I ever heard about until it happened to me. But when the body goes through extreme stages of starvation and weight loss, you do start to rapidly store fat. And I was um, at a stage where I was under a lot of emotional distress from losing my dad and my body was under a lot of stress from not eating and um losing massive amounts of weight I started gaining weight so this freaked me out in my eating disorder mindset this really freaked me out so I went to go see my doctor and this is where I was diagnosed with my eating disorder um Now, this experience was overwhelming. Um, That moment where the doctor tells you you have an eating disorder, it didn't register. I kind of, again, I was very numb and I just sat there and I absorbed that information and it meant nothing to me. I was so far gone that... It was in one ear and out the other ear. Um, but when I was diagnosed, I was sent off to a psychiatric ward. Now, this is something that I don't talk about. It's, um, it's part of my story that I don't share with anyone, not even my closest friends. Uh, for me, and you may hear it in my voice, it invokes a lot of shame. But there is nothing to be ashamed of. I needed help. Um, I was on a destructive pathway. And if I didn't stop, I might not be here today. And there is just no other way to say it. You know, that is how it is. I just might not be here today. And on top of that, all the emotional distress of losing my dad, I was a high risk to myself. They did the right thing and it's what needed to be done. I started recovery, but in a place like that, and a mindset like mine, I was not in the position to accept help. And this is one of the many confusions around people who are looking in. Well, you were given the help, so why didn't you just take it? And we kind of judge people if are not in their positions, because we think to ourselves we would do it differently if we were in their shoes. But when you aren't ready to face the most honest and truthful darkest parts of yourself it is very hard to accept help and for me that meant facing the years of self-hate the people that have hurt me the things that I will never publicly talk about or that I'm yet to tell my psychologist the, the parts of me that are still hurting because this thing inside of me that is torturing me it isn't me but it's a part of me but it's the part of me that is hurt. And to face her was just too scary. So I opted out. And I ran away and I, I suffered in silence a little longer. And, um, I'm, I'm going to call this a disease now. So, so moving forward in the journey, I'm going to call it a disease now. No longer an eating disorder, a disease. And the disease over this period of time became hidden. I gained back enough weight to where the everyday person was no longer concerned. Um, And I want to take this moment to remind any listeners that eating disorders do not have a look. And that is the very reason why I was able to hide mine so easily for so long. Because once I started getting the weight back, I didn't look quote-unquote sick anymore which is a problem within itself. Um, I, I was fat shamed quite a few times by one of my housemates repeatedly at the time. I was refused service at a store when I was trying to buy clothes. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until I started casually seeing someone who said to me, I'm not telling you to lose weight or anything but it would be so sexy to see that it triggered all the thoughts in my head to swell up into some large balloon that it was end game. That dark cloud became so dark again. This person had always made comments, but it was that specific comment that got me. After that, I had two PCOS flares where I had hair loss and weight gain, which further triggered me, and I was back in my robotic state. Only this time, not only could I not feel anything, I could not see colour. I couldn't listen to music because it would trigger me. If I went to dinner with friends, I would go home and cry. Not because I was sad or because I felt anything. It was if something inside of me just wanted to escape. It was like this numb cry. An overstimulation from music and happy people. It was just this constant daze. This is where purging method number two came. Now, I also just want to take this moment to say that no kind of purging is good. I'm purposely avoiding the two methods that I use, but I will say that they left damage. And that's something that I'm having to live with. It's been a sea of doctor's appointments and On one hand, to finally be seen in the medical community, a community that since I was a child has fat shamed me, it is so nice to be seen, but at the same time it's so overwhelming and exhausting and some days I just need a break. This is my, I suppose, plea to anyone struggling. Help is so important because the repercussions of harming yourself this way are not worth it. Um, I keep saying um, and I'm very sorry about that. I don't know what to do in these silences, I suppose. <laughs> uh, It was interesting because there was a part of me that just never wanted to give up. Um, But there was also a part of me that had given up. It had been years on this need to be happy and skinny and neither were happening. And every doctor I went to just told me that, I was fat and I just needed to fix that problem and it would all go away. But I never gave up on finding a doctor who would listen to me. There was just something in me that kept going. And eventually, I found someone. So I'm so thankful for that 1% of me, that 1% of me that just kept fighting because I found a doctor who practices under healthy at any size And instead of being fat phobic and fat shaming me, he recognized that I was still very much in an active eating disorder, although I could not admit that myself. And he ordered for me to get a full recovery team immediately. And since that day, I have been in full recovery. And this is me (laughs) openly saying that to the universe that I am in recovery and proud to be here. It hasn't. Been a year yet, and I won't be sharing where I am in my journey and the progress. Um, I can say that I have a long way to go though. And by no means is this journey perfect or anywhere near over. There is a lot that I will never share because I need to protect myself. But I finally understood after all this time that those thoughts, those feelings, they aren't me. They are a part of me, but they aren't me. Rochelle is loving and kind and bubbly but that part of me, she's hurt, and hurt people hurt people. I, Rochelle, am not someone who could harm others. I constantly see the best in everyone, so this other part of me took all that pain and all that anger out on myself. But I never deserved that, and neither do you. This is a very raw and honest first podcast to start with. I always said growing up that I felt like my purpose was to help others, It's just ingrained in my brain that I'm here to help. And as nice as that is, I forgot to help myself. My psychologist said something important to me, that you have to put your life jacket on first before you can put on the life jacket of others. It doesn't make you selfish and it doesn't make you a bad person, but you spend life first and foremost with yourself. You have to take care of you. So, I also want to do a podcast Topic on self love. But the same way I schedule time for friends and I make time to clean or chat to family, I make time for myself now. And if someone says, Hey, are you busy? And it's time that I've scheduled for me, I say, Hey, sorry, I actually am busy. Can we make another time? And of course, if it's important, like a birthday or something like that, I will make the time. But I actively go out of my way now to prioritize for myself prioritize time for myself sorry I use that time to do recovery workbooks paint read stretch cook go for a walk whatever I need to do that cares for me first so I want to get into the title of my podcast (laughs) glorified fat girl (laughs) I want to talk about this a little bit why did I go with this title (laughs) Firstly, I hate the word fat. I know society is trying to make it not a bad word, but I grew up in a society where it was very much so a negative word and was used against me in a dehumanizing way and very much so hurt me. (laughs) Um, Labeling myself as that is almost taking my power back. And it kind of takes the meaning away, (laughs) if that makes any sense at all. I also want to throw a joke in here and say that fat is a positive thing like for example I love my fat juicy ass so like thank you for noticing (laughs) and glorified because on the one hand I was bullied but then there's this weird phenomenon thing where on the other hand it's like I hit high school and suddenly it's like oh you're fat but you're pretty so like even into my adult years it's like people want to be friends with me or guys want to date me, but like privately, secretly. And the only way they would want to publicly be seen with me, it's like if I lost a few kilos. Um, and it's like the backhanded compliments. It's like, oh, you have such a pretty face. <laughs> or um, smaller girls saying to me that I make them feel better about their bodies, which is, you know, everyone goes through... Um, you know self-image issues and that is totally valid and fair um but it always felt like a backhanded compliment um or being the token fat girl on a photo shoot that's supposed to be a diversity photo shoot um but you know you roll up and you're the token fat girl and every other girl there is 10 times smaller and you're blissfully aware that you're the token fat girl um I don't know, I could give so many com- um, comments like when people tell you they're so proud of you or inspired by you because they've never seen a bigger body in a bikini before. It's like, girl, I- I'm just wearing a bikini. <laughs> I'm wearing the same piece of fabric you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> fat phobic is a thing, <laughs> and fat phobia runs deep in society silently. Um, I went to a birthday party one time, and the only comments that they could give the the birthday girl was "skinny mini, what a skinny mini you are." And it's like you could say anything, how beautiful you look, how great your outfit is, but no, we're going with "skinny mini." Like it it runs so deep in society to the point where we don't even know that we're saying it, that we're directly doing it, and. Again, it is what it is, but it sucks. It sucks because everyone deserves to feel beautiful and seen in their bodies. Um, And I hope that I can be some of that change so that I can heal my inner child, but also so that some other girl never has to feel the way that I had to feel growing up. So if you've made it this far, I just want to say thank you. I know that this is a difficult topic, and now that we're off it, <laughs> I'm a lot calmer. <laughs> um, I'm unsure if I did it justice. And I really am just speaking as if this is my diary. So I am sorry if I triggered or caused harm. I am hoping to get better at this as I go along. I am just most importantly wanting to remind you that you aren't alone and you are valid in what you are feeling it is really hard to tap into being vulnerable and in a vulnerable space and I want to encourage everyone to do that to their max ability Um, but that is all for me for now. Uh, I'm not sure what my next topic will be um, but like I said today I just wanted to lay down the foundation because in future episodes I know that I will be coming back to body image and I know that I will touch a lot on eating disorders and I wanted to give some of my history. Um, I will probably go in more depth about fat phobia and my experiences and what my experiences are being bullied and um, maybe more about my eating disorder and uh, where I am with body image and self-love and acceptance and all these kinds of things like that there's so much like I get a lot of questions about how to love your body and and things like that and I have a lot of opinions around that because girl I have spent 26 years trying to love my body let me tell you I've spent 26 years trying to love her Um, and I've had a very rocky journey with that and I tell people the same thing over and over so I just want a place where I can kind of let that all out and air it out so here we are um the audio might not be very good I don't have an outro or an intro we'll work on it okay we'll work on it um but I want to encourage you to be kind to yourself and I will speak to you next time bye